reading today. Genesis 27, starting in verse 42, in the back end of 27. And again, just a reminder that after our service today, we do have our international dinner in the Fellowship Hall. We'd love to have you there. Uh, you need to get in line quickly to make sure you grab the chicken paprikash, the Hungarian chicken paprikash that Kathy made. It is awesome. And uh, so hopefully you get there. In, in celebration of today, I even wore my taco socks right there, see? So we're all set. So, all right, hopefully you can join us. Genesis chapter 27, verse 42, as we continue our survey through the book, this incredible book. Here we read, but the, but the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forget, forgets that what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Paddan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Paddan Aram to take a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Paddan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael. Abraham's son, the sister of Nevaioth. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep 
and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel. but The name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I've set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. May the Lord add his blessing at the hearing and the reading of his word this morning. Years ago, as I was teaching for Cornerstone University, I had a, an adult student who started attending our church at the time. And one day he comes up to me and says, hey, um, I'm wondering if you'd do something for me. I said, well, what can, how can I help you? And he said, well, my daughter um, is in the hospital and she just had a baby and she's not married. I'm wondering if you would go and visit with her and try to encourage her. I said to him, well, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. So I got the, the room number where she was and made arrangements to make my way to the hospital to go visit this person who I'd never met before. Her name was Amy. And sure enough, I walk in the hospital room, and there she is, and there's the baby. And we started talking, I introduced myself. You know, I know your, your dad's in my class, and so we kind of get to know each other a little bit. And, you know, this is a difficult situation. And I finally said to her, you know, this probably wasn't God's best for you to have a child without a husband, right? But know for certain that your child is no mistake. I then prayed with her, and through our time of prayer together, she gave her life to Christ. And she made a commitment to God to raise her boy to know God, which was incredible. As time went on, her boyfriend ditched her, and eventually he even died because of his alcohol and drug use. And Amy was left to raise her son on her own. But she started coming to church, and she was a faithful attender, and she began to grow in the Lord. As we will see today, in a sense, she began to climb Jacob's ladder. What is true for all of us is our sin and rebellion against God will always bring separation, difficulty, and conflict. Sin always involves ongoing manipulation and deception. More sin and rebellion will never bring peace. However, in the midst of rebellion and sin, we can continue to be a blessing to others no matter what. Ultimately, all of us need to climb Jacob's ladder by walking in obedience, by following after Christ, by listening to God's voice, and by recognizing God's active presence in our lives, and by committing our way to God. This morning, as we go back to the beginning in our study of Genesis, we're talking about climbing Jacob's ladder. Once again, we see that the seed line of the Messiah is in jeopardy. Way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we were told that a child would be coming through the seed of a woman. 
who would destroy the evil one once and for all. This redeemer would be bruised on the heel, but would ultimately crush the serpent's head. And as God's sovereign plan unfolds throughout the book of Genesis, we've seen how Satan continues to attack the seed line, seeking to destroy God's plan of redemption for his people. Satan corrupts Cain, and subsequently Cain destroys Abel. But the seed line goes to Seth. From Seth, we see the promised line of the Redeemer traced to Noah, and then to his son Shem through another attack on the seed line with the result of a global flood. And the line of God's promised Redeemer then goes to Terah, and then to his son Abraham, and from Abraham to Isaac. And now in our study, we see the seed line comes to Jacob, the twin brother of Esau. And we know that Jacob is not the Messiah because he himself is corrupted by the evil one. He is full of sin and rebellion and selfishness. But now the sea line is in jeopardy once more because he has an enraged twin brother who wants to take him out. His twin brother Esau is against him because Jacob stole his birthright and blessing. Two weeks ago, we saw Esau's hatred of Jacob and his Cain-like proclamation and promise to destroy his brother Jacob. In Genesis 27, 41, it says, Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And Jacob learns of his brother's contempt for him, and he flees. And it's precisely at this point we see God intervening in Jacob's life here in chapters 27 and 28. In our passage today, God is going to begin dealing with Jacob's rebellious heart through an incredible vision. And today we'll see five spiritual principles from this passage that will help us to grow in our own spiritual journey. But before we study, let's ask God's help. Would you please pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you would move in our midst and that you would touch our hearts as we encounter your word. Lord, your word is truth. And Lord, your word says the truth, it sets us free. Lord, help us to, to attend to what you have to say. Speak to us through the power of your spirit as we encounter your truth. Open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us today. And help us not to miss anything, Lord. We don't want to miss anything from you. We pray all this in your son's wonderful name. Amen. If you have your sermon notes outlined, here's the first truth of five here. And they're going to go pretty quickly, so hold on to your hat. First of all, sin always, always, always leads to separation. It just does. That's what happens in verse 42 and 43. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah, so she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran. This is separation. You need to get out of here. That's what sin does. You'll recall Adam and Eve's sin brought separation, not only from each other and how they were hiding from each other and separation from God. They found themselves hiding from God. And now Jacob sinned against Esau and taking his birthright, his inheritance, and blessing brings separation. I ask you, who are you separated from today? Who are you separated from because of sin? What relationship has been severed because of rebellion? Maybe it's a close friend. Maybe it's a father or mother, a brother, a sister. Maybe you're dealing with separation in your own household with your husband or your wife, a 
coworker. Maybe you've separated yourself from God through your own personal rebellion. My friend Amy found herself separated from her boyfriend, and eventually, in his rebellion, he destroyed himself. And she ended up all alone with her baby boy. Beloved, understand, sin always leads to separation. That's what sin does. It pushes all of us away from each other, and it pushes us away from God. But secondly here, sin always involves ongoing manipulation and deception. Notice what happens in verse 46. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, Oh, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? You don't know anybody like this, do you? Rebekah uses the rightful concern about Jacob's bridal options as the means by which to gain Isaac's approval to secure Jacob's protection from Esau by sending Jacob northward in search of a godly wife. But this is clearly a ruse to protect Jacob. Rebecca is quite the drama queen here, wouldn't you say? I'll just die if this happens. And sadly, Rebecca continues to manipulate and deceive. And incidentally, for many people, hiding sin can really become a full-time career. Deception, manipulation. The amount of time and energy people waste hiding and covering up their rebellion is amazing. I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. What does the scripture say? Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. Are you hearing that? If you're trying to hide your rebellion, you're not gonna prosper, God says. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. There's some brilliant encouragement there. Remember, God's word says, be sure your sins will find you out. You think you might be able to hide things for a while, but good luck with that. It'll be discovered you'll be found out. Psalm 33, for when I kept silent, David says, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Do you want to deal with that? For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. How awesome God is that as we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. If we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the scripture says. Beloved, sin always leads to separation. Sin always involves ongoing manipulation and deception. And the only way to get away from that is to turn to Christ and seek his forgiveness and restoration. But thirdly here in this passage, we can continue to be a blessing to others no matter what. And now we listen in on Isaac's situation with the whole story here in verse one. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Paddan Aram to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away and he went to Paddan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Isaac, Jacob's father, knew that he had been deceived by his son, Jacob. And yet, this blows my mind, he still blesses him. 
Remember Jacob's brother Esau's choice of wives was a great disappointment to both Isaac and Rebekah way back in Genesis 26, verse 34. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. But nonetheless, God chooses, God blesses Jacob through his father Isaac with the promise of three things, children, progeny, kids, there's going to be little people, blessing, the promise of blessing in your life, and the promise of a place, the promise of land. Beloved, it's just not our jobs to straighten everybody out, even though we might like to. Isaac chooses to be a blessing to Jacob, even though he knows he's been taken for a ride. He keeps to his commitments, and in the end, even though he was deceived, he is at the very least honorable. We too can continue to be a blessing in the lives of others, even though we are being manipulated sometimes. Even when we are sometimes taken advantage of, we can continue to be a blessing to others no matter what. Even when sin brings separation and ongoing manipulation and deception. But fourthly today, understand this, that more sin and rebellion will never bring peace. Now look what happens here with our buddy Esau. Verse six, now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob, sent away to Padanaran to take a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. So Esau's listening in on this, verse seven, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padanaram. Oh, there's little goody two-shoes following what dad says. So when Esau saw that Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, what does he do? Look at verse nine. Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife Besides the wives he had, Machelah, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. Beloved, it is very clear here that Esau's move is an act of spite against his parents' partiality toward Jacob. By taking the daughter of the outcast son of Hagar the Egyptian, namely Ishmael, Esau thumbs his nose at his parents Isaac and Rebekah. I'll show you guys. When we do this, we add to our own problems. In this case, Esau multiplies his grief with another wife. By the way, you know, one wife is really enough probably to work through things, let alone having two or three. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with the one here, so. More sin and rebellion will never bring peace. What will it bring? it will bring more chaos and separation. More sin and rebellion just can't bring peace. Sin always leads to separation. Sin always involves manipulation and deception. But we can continue to be a blessing to others no matter what. And ultimately today, don't miss this, we need to climb Jacob's ladder. Okay, how do we do that? We need to climb Jacob's ladder. Well, first of all, by walking in obedience. It was just described by Esau himself how he saw his brother walking in obedience, and that annoyed him. We need to walk in obedience too. Verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He did exactly what he was told. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. 
Now that Jacob fears for his life, he chooses finally to walk in obedience, following what his parents had directed him to do. And it's through this obedience that God finally reveals himself to Jacob in an incredible way. Of course, all of us want God to reveal himself to us. Unfortunately, we get it kind of backwards. We say, you know, if you reveal yourself to me, then I'll follow you. And God says, no, 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 follow me, and I'll reveal myself to you. Beloved, we need to climb Jacob's ladder through walking obedience. But secondly here, by following after Jesus. Now, as you read this text, you're going, well, I don't see Jesus in this text. This is an Old Testament passage. In verse 12, notice what it says. And he dreamed. Behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And we kind of go, man, what in the world? What is he dreaming? What kind of dream is this? You ever have one of those dreams you wake up like, what in the world was that? A ladder with angels going up and down. Now, what's fantastic, for us to get insight on this, Jesus clears up the confusion. Listen to what Jesus says about Jacob's ladder at the very beginning of his ministry. Just listen close. John 1, verse 45. This is right at the beginning of the ministry when Jesus is getting his disciples all around, gathering to himself. It says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, well, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there's no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, well, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, well, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So here's Nathanael freaking out because what, you, you know me before I ever met you? you? Okay, you are clearly the son of God. You, obviously, you know stuff that nobody should know. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? I mean, really, that's all it took was that? You will see greater things than these. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Kabam! Just blew up everything there. What is Jesus saying about himself? I'm the ladder. I'm the ladder. Heaven will be open, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You can almost see him gesticulating to himself. The angels will be ascending and descending on the Son of Man. John 14, 6, you know the verse. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 12, and there is salvation in no one else. Let's count all the others. No, no one else. There are no others. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I ask you, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Are you on the ladder? Are you in Christ? He is the ladder. He is the way. Are you following after him? Are you walking in obedience to God? Are you going your own way in your rebellion instead? 
All of us need to climb Jacob's ladder through following after him as we put our faith and trust in him once and for all. Beloved, we need to climb Jacob's ladder by walking in obedience, by following after Jesus, and thirdly here, by listening to God's voice. In verse 13, we're told, and behold, the Lord stood above it, above the ladder, and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Beloved, we need to listen to God's voice. Listening to God's voice is where we find the blessing. And previously we saw how Isaac had blessed him with these very same three things, but now it's God going on record with Jacob here where he promises the same promise that he made to Abraham, to Isaac, about land. You're gonna have a place. You're gonna have descendants. You're gonna have a people. A relationship of blessing. I'm gonna bless you and those who give you a hard time, I'm gonna deal with them. You're mine. And he adds on top of it, wherein Isaac couldn't promise this, God can, where God says, and I will always, 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 what? Be with you. God's promise, God's presence is promised. Are you listening to his voice? Well, how could I hear his voice? Here it is. This is what he said to us. Are you listening? Well, the only way you can listen to this is you gotta experience it. You have to read it. Find your face and your nose in the book and hear what he has to say so you can hear his voice, so you can follow after him the way he would want you to. Are you listening to his voice? We need to climb Jacob's ladder by listening to what God has to say. Fourthly here, by recognizing God's active presence in our lives. Notice how startled Jacob is when he wakes up. Verse 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. This is awesome. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. What in the world have I just experienced here? So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He sanctifies it, sets it apart. This is a special spot. And he called the name of that place Bethel, Bethel. In the Hebrew, Bethel. Bayat, house of El God. This is the house of God. But the name of the city was Luz at the first. I ask you, do you see God's work in your life? Do you recognize all that he has done for you up to this point and what he's doing for you even right now by his sheer grace toward you? The bottom line is that he is at work in your life whether you acknowledge him or not. Here in this moment, Jacob freaks out and goes, oh my goodness, here he is, he's here. I'd like to remind you, he's always been there. He's always, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he's always been with you. You can't get away from him. Scripture says he promises to never leave you or forsake you. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. 
You belong to him. God continues to do amazing things all around us. And I've seen God doing amazing things in my life, and I've seen it in the lives of others. I've actually seen two miracles over the course of these past few weeks where God has taken two broken relationships and brought restoration and healing. It's been beautiful, and I'm watching it unfold. It's like, God, you're awesome. Lastly, we need to climb Jacob's ladder by committing our way to God. Notice how Jacob makes a commitment here. Verse 20, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. This is a commitment that he's making. I'm gonna follow after him and as God does these things, I, I belong to him. I will follow. He shall be my God. And this stone which I set up as for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. I'm going to give back. I'm going to bless you with my resources, he says. God had made promises to Jacob. And at this point, Jacob determines to take God at his word in making his vow of commitment. God had gone on record with him, and now he goes on record with God. And I ask you, have you gone on record with him? Have you gone on record with God on where you stand with him? Have you committed your way to him? All of us need to climb Jacob's ladder by committing our way to Christ, by recognizing his active presence in our lives, by listening to his voice, by walking in obedience as we follow after Christ. Are you climbing Jacob's ladder today? He is the way. He's the only way. I mentioned my friend had put her faith in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior when we were in the hospital and she's attending church and she's growing in her faith. Twice I began the premarital counseling process with her with these guys who didn't cut the mustard and they soon fell by the wayside. And then one day George popped in. George was studying to be a pastor and George and Amy fell in love. George married Amy, and now Amy is a pastor's wife here in Michigan. Three kids later, they're doing fantastic. But only God could do such an incredible turnaround. Our sin and rebellion against God will always bring separation and conflict. Sin always involves ongoing manipulation and deception. More sin and rebellion will never bring peace. However, in the midst of rebellion and sin, we can continue to be a blessing to others no matter what. And ultimately, we need to find ourselves climbing Jacob's ladder by walking in obedience, following after Christ, listening to his voice, recognizing his active presence in our lives, and by committing our way to God. Are you climbing the ladder today? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Please stand as we close our service. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we recognize that all of us wrestle with our own rebellion, our own sin. And Lord, sometimes it just feels like we're carrying around this load of stuff that we, have, we just love to sit down somewhere and get rid of it. And Lord, your word says that it's at the foot of the cross that we can lay down our burdens. As Jesus himself says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to keep carrying around all this rebellion and sin. Thank you, Lord, that we can turn to you and know that you are the way. You're the truth. You're the life. You're all that we're longing for. So, Lord, help us to get a clue on these things, that we might not just hear these things, but we'd walk in them, not just for a morning, but for life. You are life to us. Your word is life. You are the truth. You are the way. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the power of your word. But we ask that you would just burn these truths into our hearts and our minds that we might not just hear these things, but we might find ourselves walking in them. As we commit our way to you, as we listen to your voice, as we follow after you in obedience, oh God, help us. Have your way in our hearts and lives, we pray. And now, Lord, as we prepare to have a meal together, we just ask that uh, you would just bless that meal for those who are able to stay. And Lord, for those who need to leave, we ask your blessing uh, on everyone here, Lord. Thank you for attending to us today through your word. And now, Lord, we ask that you'd bless us as we go. We pray all this in your son's wonderful and awesome name this morning. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I'll see you in the Popper Kosh line.